Dance Parent Podcast. It's Jake and Jana. Thanks so much for being with us this week. And for our first podcast of the summer, we decided to talk about summer training. Um, So we're kind of going to dive into all sorts of things related to summer training um, for both the dancers that are possibly wanting to do this as a career or in college and take it to the next level, um, but also how this applies to the more recreational dancers as well. Um, so to start off, there was a post that I saw about a month ago from a woman named Deborah Ingerman, and I recommend following her as well for, um, the parents that like to follow all the people that we've referenced on this (laughs) podcast. Um, she is a ballet teacher, coach, and choreographer, and has been teaching for many, many years and always has lots of, um, really great advice out there. Um, but she had a whole post that was just all about summer training for the serious dancers that possibly want to go on and do this at the next level. And um, I'm going to just reference some of what she talks about in it. But she said, dance students, you cannot take the summer off of dance and pick up where you left off. Dance is not a seasonal sport, and these are dance facts of life, which is so true. Um, we see it often, and there is a lot of work that comes back in if they take the entire summer off, but we're going to talk about moderation in here a little bit too. It's a common question. I think we get a lot with, with younger dancers, like, will they be able to come back at the same place if they take off these two or three months? Right. Yeah. Um, if you take an entire summer off or take only a few classes here and there, plan to begin in the fall, having lost at least 50% of the strength, stamina, placement, flexibility, and mental focus that you gained in the previous year. So she's not saying that you would lose 50% of what you have total, but 50% of what you gained in the previous year, expect that to not be there when you start back. And I think that's so true. And I love that she talked about the mental focus that you gained in the previous year. Because when we're talking like eight to 10 year old dancers, I think that's it quite often mm-hmm. is you'll see a dancer that's maybe not a competitive dancer yet, but working toward wanting to reach that level. And when they take a whole summer off, that mental focus that they had just kind of started to find the year before is definitely different after taking a whole summer off. Sure. I'm sure school teachers see this too, for sure. It's just with dance, there's the physical component that goes with it. She said, if you study dance two to four days per week over the summer, plan to maintain the level you created during the school year, but not necessarily improve unless that two to four days per week is significantly more than you're used to. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? If, if you keep training at the same level you were all school year, maybe there's like slow incremental growth, but it's probably not going to be just crazy unless you're adding some extra hours in there. Makes sense. Then she says, if you want to improve your dance immensely, attend a summer intensive in addition to consistent classes while you're home or stay at home and fill your schedule with as many classes as you possibly can at your home studio. These decisions will affect your placement level in the fall and possibly your long-term dance goals. She says, I intend no judgment here. I'm pointing out the physical and mental demands of long-term progress in dance. 
People have different goals with their dance training and make sure that your actions match up to and will create your goals. This, 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 this is what we're going to talk about quite a bit in this episode. Dancing as a hobby is fantastic and gives you a space to take longer periods of time off. If you want a dance career, yes, go ahead and take a week or two off for rest and relaxation. It's actually quite good for you, but more than that can hinder progress. The choice is yours. So I like that she said that too, um, because I do think that having a full week or two weeks, a few times throughout the year where dancers are completely out of the studio, go on a vacation, go do something that is taking a mental and physical break from dance occasionally and never for more than two weeks at a time, I think is critical. I think it's just as important as how they train. Um, but anything more than that is going to require more work to come back from it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think the part that I like the most is that she said, your goals must match up with your expectations based on your training. So if you want to dance for a hobby or recreationally, obviously uh, you can take more time off. You don't have to worry about training at that quite that high level. But if you expect to be an elite dancer or to be at a certain level, just know that the more time you do take off past that two weeks or so, you know, is going to have a negative impact on your training mm -hmm. coming back, especially. And then you just have to put in more work once right. you yeah. do come back, right? So I think a lot of times the focus, and, and we are all we're about to leave and go to New York City for NYCDA Nationals here pretty soon. Um, I think Nationals can be a great thing, especially when training is also a component of it. So when they're taking classes at these National events as well, and it's not just traveling to only compete, um, then of course that's still extra training in there making connections, meeting different dancers, and those are all huge things that are important that they can do at a more, at an increased rate over what they're able to do in the school year usually. Mm -hmm. So I think all that's great, and nationals are fun, and they make memories, there's so many great things, but training really should always be at the key focus for those dancers that are wanting to go on and do this at the next level. Um, especially over the summer. And I think there are so many opportunities outside of just these big national events that I think just a lot of dance parents don't know about. I think a lot of dancers don't know about. Uh-huh. And know, there's truly. only starting to be more and more of right. them. Um, so let's talk about them and <laughs> share. It's kind of like our uh, episode with all the opportunities for yeah. your dancer's future. Um, Go back and listen to that. That was a good one. We sat down at dinner and started making a list of just some of some of the summer opportunities and training opportunities that we could think of right away. And it was incredible how many there are without even fully diving in. Right. And this is not an exhaustive list by any means. This is just kind of what we came up with over, you know, dinner. So, mm -hmm. so pretty much every ballet company has a summer intensive. Mm -hmm. Um, so wherever you are, or even if it's not where you are, if there's just a company that your dancer really likes the way that they work and the things that they do, check it out. Guaranteed they have a summer intensive. Almost all of them require auditions. Several require that you audition in person somewhere, but they also tour a lot. So you can check out where that company is doing their auditions for their summer intensive, but more and more are starting to take video submissions as well. Um, so we'll talk more about all of this audition information here in a bit, but 
Yeah, and I think the ballet intensive one, for those that are really serious about pursuing ballet, is super important for you to figure out where your student might fit best in that next chapter, yes. right? Because there's so many ballet companies, and they're and they're very different, right? I mm-hmm. mean, they're very different uh, flavors, as one of our friends would say, <laughs> you know, to to a lot of these companies. So knowing where your dancer is going to be headed and where and where they uh, would fit in best is super important. Then. Also, most college programs, most college dance programs are now offering summer intensives as well. Fantastic opportunities. For so many reasons, right? So then your dancer is getting a feel for what that college program's like and if that would even be a good fit for them. They're getting seen by that college program before they even audition, mm-hmm. and I've seen that pay huge dividends for dancers before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Let's say they go to one and they realize it's not what they love. Good thing they found that out before they put all their eggs into that one basket for that right. college dance program. And also they're still going to get good training no matter what. Um, great training at any of these college program intensives. So once again, tons of college dance programs out there. And, and it's more gathering information, like you said. You know, whether that is making those connections and networking with those people that, oh, I really like this program, I'm glad I got seen by them, or conversely, like you said, ooh, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be, I definitely would prefer a different program, glad that I found that out now. Right. Yeah. And almost all of these are geared toward high school students. A lot of them take freshmen all the way up to juniors that are going into their senior year um some are only taking juniors and there's even some that are taking middle school students so um definitely something to look into and don't feel like just because college is still a few years off for your dancer like that's not something worth looking into because there are several that are even taking middle school students now Mm -hmm. um also you know we've talked about him a lot i just love francisco gala love him and he just has summer opportunities like galore now for all age groups. So we just had two dancers that went to his mini mania in Miami and it's just a one weekend thing, but they loved it and took so much away from that. And he had lots of opportunities for parents as well. Um, to learn and talk to them about all sorts of things, which they couldn't say enough good things about it. Yeah. Yes. And then I know he's adding something similar for juniors next year. And then he has so many opportunities for older dancers too. So definitely something worth looking into. Um, Then there's the intensives in different major cities, you know, a la New York or Chicago. I mean, there there are intensives at uh, the professional dance studios at Steps or Broadway Dance Center. And I know there's a lot of um, scholarship opportunities that are afforded to young dancers. And those are great to take advantage of. I think, didn't you take advantage of one when you were... I did, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's all so different now because sure, sure. we're getting old. Um, <laughs> but yes, and those are cool too because your students aren't only taking classes with students their age, right? Yep. They're able to take classes with actual like professionals that are working in the industry as well, and like not just as their teachers, but alongside them in yeah. class. So I think that's a really unique opportunity for dancers as well. Um, here in Oklahoma, there's Summer Arts Institute, which is open to all high school students, and it's a two-week um, intensive, basically. So they do a dance portion, but then there's also 
music and mm-hmm. acting and so many different right. things yeah um orchestra film and so i i went to summer arts institute as a student as well for several years and i like it because dancers are getting to learn from other artists of a totally different type and not just dancers which um i think was huge for me just as a human to grow and um the other cool thing about summer arts institute is it's mostly funded by donors and so every student that's there i don't know what it is now i think it's like 500 dollars like for the bucks, entire yeah. two weeks and that includes their like room and board and this beautiful lodge and all the things so i mean just amazing um and they bring in just top-notch teachers to work with the dancers as well um then there's all the tap festivals. There's lots of tap festivals. Um, many of them happen over the summer. I know there was just the DC Tap Festival, which is put on by um, Chloe and Maude Arnold. Um, but most of those, or a lot of those, I should say, you know, happen in different major cities. And those are several-day events where they are learning from not only, you know, some names that you know, like from conventions like Chloe and, and uh, Anthony Margiotto, but you get some of the masters, like the true masters of tap dancing that are coming in. So for your students that are really uh, invested in and looking for tap opportunities, those are great, great opportunities to go and travel to. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that NYCDA does their summer intensives that are completely separate from their nationals. And I think they're they used to be at pace. I think they're still mm-hmm. at pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had students that have done that before and just absolutely loved it. Um, and then another thing worth looking into too, like we're really excited this year to be doing an intensive at our studio in the month of August where we're bringing in lots of different guest teachers to work with students. Um, but lots of stu- more and more, more studios and more, yeah. are starting to do this and they open those up to students that aren't just at that studio so maybe if going all the way to new york or to miami or out to la and some of these things we're talking about if that's not feasible but just popping over to a city that's two hours away from you for a few days is an option there can still be these opportunities for training and training maybe a little more closely with these teachers rather than just in a huge convention room where you have sure. 200 dancers packed in. Um, in these summer training opportunities we're talking about, they're going to be working much more closely with these teachers and probably getting individual feedback and connections and all the things. So once again, while I think nationals are great, I, I have nothing mm-hmm. bad to say about them. We're about to go and I think it's wonderful. Um, I just think there are all of these additional summer opportunities that in some ways maybe actually reap a bigger reward for the dancer long term from the training aspect. Um, Or at least it's just different, right? It's a different, important added component. And depending on what your dancer's individual goals are and what they want to achieve, whether that's that college is close and looking at college programs or really just increasing their ballet training or want to go do one of these tap festivals, right? There's, it's so different for each dancer. And I think exploring some of this sooner than later is really important. Sure. And I think it's nice that so many of them are offering, um, a lot of them, I should say, are offering younger opportunities as well, or opportunities Mm -hmm. for younger dancers. Um, Because I know that was always a, a struggle, I think, when even when we were growing up sometimes, which was like, if you're not 12 or 14 and older, 
there wasn't right. a, there wasn't a lot of stuff out there. That's not really the case anymore. Um, even some of these really big intensives, they are widening that age range yes. tremendously, which is just great. It's great. And it's also wonderful that a lot of these, which that'll take us right into this, a lot of these that require auditions back in our day, um, you really had to like go. Um, I remember taking multiple trips to Dallas to audition for different summer intensives, and that alone gets expensive. Um, but now so many of them are taking video submissions, at least at least at the minimum to like get through to a certain level. And that saves so much money and time it saves these companies money honestly as well so that they're not having to travel all over the place and then they can invest in these intensives more as well absolutely um yes. speaking of auditions so many of these auditions especially for um the college intensives or the ballet intensives a lot of them are happening in winter right jana like we're talking january february quite early mm-hmm. so a lot of them do happen very early in that second semester. Um, and then there are some that continue to take video submissions all the way up to May 1st. So there's there's a wide range of what this looks like. Um, what I would recommend is probably around Christmas break, really sitting down and looking at if, if this is a path that you want to take, right? And if we want to dive in and look at some of these intensives, I think around Christmas break is a great time to start looking for the following summer and looking at when those auditions are because so often, yes, it'll hit March and we have dancers that are like, I want to look into some opportunities for the summer. And by that point, it's so limited happened, on right? what's still available as far as auditions go. Um, so, or, you know, if you're listening to this podcast right now, start looking around at things that you're interested in. I'm sure they don't have their audition dates out yet for next year, but at least knowing and then follow those people on social media. And that way you can kind of keep an eye out on when those auditions will be and what that looks like. Also, generally, if people have had their auditions in January in Dallas in the past, they're probably going to go back to Dallas in January. Maybe not, but more often than not. And I would say, too, don't be afraid of video submission instructions that are very lengthy. Um, Talk to your dance teachers And they will always be able to help with this. So I think sometimes parents will look and they see three pages worth of information on a video submission and can go, well, I don't know what all this is. This looks too complicated. We're not going to submit for this. But that is totally what your dance teachers are here for. We love Mm -hmm. doing these things. So um, by all means, reach out, get help. Dance teachers love to help with all these videos and submissions. And we've seen a lot of success from our students that have done video submissions. So it's not like, I don't know, I think sometimes there's that thing like, well, do, are they even watching these? Is it, is it more beneficial to go in person? We've got a lot of students get into different intensives and whatnot from... Tons. Yeah, making, yes. these, making these video submissions. And I think they have to be done a certain way, obviously, depending on what they're asking for. And I think quality matters and all that good stuff. Yes, but, do not video your dancer in the living room, move the coffee table and just have them do some stuff. Like it definitely needs to be a quality video in studio, um, with dance teacher help. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing is too, a lot of these intensives are looking for some, not always, but a lot of times they're looking for similar things. So once you have a good video that could potentially be used for multiple 
different auditions right. um, and maybe even the following year depending on what their progress has looked like. So it's, it's a worthwhile effort to make sure that that video submission is good. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing worth talking about is that it's not always just physical dance training and studio training that can enhance their dance growth over the summer but sometimes it's just experiencing and seeing new things whether that's going to see a broadway tour that's coming through town or going to see a dance company's work um or just taking some time to watch dance in any different form whether that's on youtube or whatever it is um things that they don't always have the time and the space to do during the school year when they're managing their schoolwork and school activities on top of dance and competitions and all the things but taking the time to watch some dance when they have it and watching some dance in ways that they haven't in the past can be giant for their growth for sure. I think that's honestly where I started getting interested in doing this as a career was going to see that stuff and going, wait, people do this for a living. Like, I love this. I would love to do this for a living too. How do they do it? Mm-hmm. You know, and that spurred something in me and started a progression or a path of me trying to figure out how to do it. And I would say, especially if you're going to some of these big cities to do an intensive or to do nationals or whatever it is. Um, taking your dancer to see some of the shows. Yes, and so important. S- yes, and to see what that looks like, you know, what they're mm-hmm. putting so much time into and working toward, um, what that could possibly look like if they wanted to take it to that next level. For sure. I think it's one of the things that like hurts my heart the most is when you hear somebody has gone to one of those cities and um, so what all did you do? Well, we did this and this and this. Did you ever see a show or something professional? No, we didn't get a chance to. It's like, oh, that was like a gold mine, you know? So definitely don't miss out on those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, obviously, when we were even talking about this podcast, we were like, maybe this is poor timing. <laughs> poor timing. Um, because we're, we're going to talk about all these summer things that in a lot of cases, it's maybe a little late for, right? when all these auditions happen so much earlier. But um, I think it could be a good thing because all these things are happening right now and you can see so much on social media um, to at least start thinking about it for future years and presenting these things to your dancers as opportunities for the future. And then there are so many different paths that this could take, right? So I think for the dancer, especially like these teen and senior dancers setting some goals on what they would like to get out of their summer and how they would like for themselves to be different when the next school year starts Mm -hmm. is huge so for some even if they don't want to be a professional ballet dancer that may just be i know i need more ballet time and i want my ballet technique to be better and so i want to look into some of these ballet company intensives Um, and for some of them, it's going to be, I have, I know I want to dance in college. I have no idea what school I want to go to. Well, then maybe looking into some of the college program intensives is the path for them. Um, if you have just a really eager mini that just wants to do more and more, maybe we look into some of the Francisco Gala stuff where they get to do all these different styles. So like I said, I think this path and direction is different for each dancer, depending on what their goals are. But it's always a good thing to be talking about 
And parents, I think that you can be really important here in guiding those conversations. That's what I was just going to say. I think this is what where uh, the parent involvement becomes so important too, which is make sure you have those conversations early enough to where they can figure out what they really want out of their summer. And it's not just, I want to go here because my friend's going there versus like, man, I really want to get better at X or I really want to experience this. Knowing what those goals are and you guys talking about it helps them set those sites so much clearer and easier. 100%. And another thought I just had to, and in some cases, right, when we're talking about like these college program intensives, getting seen and known by a potential school that they want to go to long-term could be important. If they're wanting to really do professional ballet work, getting seen by these companies is important. But I think for some dancers, sometimes the whole factor in summer training can become just wanting to get seen. Mm -hmm. And I think especially for dancers that are in this like 14 and under age range, it should be way more about what they can potentially get out of the training rather than just getting seen and noticed by certain people. And I think that's something parent and you know, in the world we live in right now with social media and all things, um, I think parents that that you could really be a critical part of that as well and making sure that you guide that with the dancer that like their training and their growth at this point is really key way more than just getting seen and being known. Yes, 100%. So well said. So that is our summer training <laughs> episode. And you know, I think it's funny that we said taking more than two weeks off can be a problem for their growth and all the things. Because yeah, we've taken a few weeks off from this podcast. <laughs> yes, and I feel like, you know, even with something like that, this is, <laughs> it feels like, whoa, okay, how do we do this? Am I too close to the microphone? And that's like as an adult, right? So my gosh, of course, you take a dancer out of the studio for a full month over the summer. And even these more recreational dancers, right? You take it away for that long. It is going to feel a little foreign, especially when their little bodies are growing at the rates that they are when they come back to it in the school year. So if I feel weird and I'm not sure how close to the microphone I should be, so I apologize if that has been a problem. Um, you know, of course these young dancers are going to feel weird if they take a full summer off of dance. Sure. I feel like my voice is out of shape for it too. <laughs> yeah. So, so to bring it all full circle. There you go. Yes. There you go. Well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we hope this helped you. Um, if it did, share it with a friend. And we'll look forward to being back with you guys next time. So thanks again for being with us on the Dance Parent Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks, guys.